0: Welcome back to Vintage and Stuff, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. As always, I am your host, Drew Heifetz. Today on the show, I have Barry of Afro Vintage. I consider him a good friend of mine. We've been each other for a couple years and we've chatted often. I've been on his lives. He's been on my lives. Um, and yeah, just a good all-around guy. On this episode, we get into the market pulse of the hype vintage world. We talk about his road trip across America, picking up insane hauls. This man is the Hall King straight up daily. He's getting massive hauls of crazy vintage t-shirts. Super nice guy. So please enjoy this episode with Barry. But before that, let's talk about a few things. Barry and lots of other great vintage sellers will be popping up in Las Vegas at ThriftCon on October 17th. Make sure you check that out if you're in Vegas. Also, virtual flea on November 6th in Phoenix, I believe. Now, Barry will also be there and a bunch of other vintage sellers. So go check that out. I heard through the grapevine that the last virtual was a really good time. So don't miss it, okay? There's been lots of other events nationwide. If you have any events you want me to talk about on the show, send them my way. Oh, also East Coast Connect. That's like November as well, I think. Or no, maybe it's October. I think it's the beginning of October. Look that up. East Coast Connect in New York City. Okay, what else do I have to talk about on the news today? Uh, go shop F is in Frank Vintage, as always. Use code stuff. I will put that down with a link down below in the description. 40% off vintage for everybody listening to the show. That's how much I love you guys. I appreciate you. off on my website for all you guys listening, okay? VTG and stuff, go click down below, okay? Bidstitch is now doing a weekly live on our IG. If you don't know what Bidstitch is, it's a platform that I am involved in starting. It's a platform where for only 10 bucks a month, you can sell as much or as little vintage as you want with no commission fees. We are starting a weekly live on Friday nights from six to 8 p.m., IG live at Bidstitch. Again, I'll put that down below. Go check out the website. There's crazy stuff on there as well. If you want to support my Patreon, that link is down below too. Get extra bonus content. You can support me because I do this show for you guys. Okay, This show is for you guys, supported by you guys. So big shout out to everyone who supports me on the Patreon. Mad love. I like. am overwhelmed that you guys do that. And I'm very, 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 very thankful What else is going on? Lots of things going on. We're back at the Rose Bowl, uh, probably in October, November, all the upcoming months. We should be there. So come check us out, booth 3128. Uh, Other news, some weird wild world out there. Everyone stay safe and be well, be happy, not crappy, in the words of my dad, Dave Heifetz. And enjoy this episode with Afro Vintage. And let me know who else you want to see on the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Good to be here. AKA Afro Vintage. You are, as far as I know, pretty well known in the scene. I did tune into some of your set the other day on 1980 something co virtual flea. And you had fans, my man. Yeah, I got fans. I got fans. <laughs> it's pretty cool having fans. <laughs> yeah, that's rad, dude. Um, we've known each other for a while now well, I guess at least a couple of years since probably the beginning issue of the pandemic, we kind of started chatting more and more. Yep. And, um, yeah, you know, I know you pretty well, but let's get the, the listeners to know you. So I want to know the beginning, man, how it started. How did you get into this crazy wild business of selling vintage t-shirts?
1: Okay. Um, well, of course, well, I'm I'm old. I'm 51. So um, when this stuff wasn't vintage, when it had its first go around, I was wearing it. You know, I was 20 years old in 1990. So all through the 90s was all my 20s, and I rocked all this stuff. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I had an instant nostalgia for it when I found out about three years ago or so that people were selling vintage now and it was a cool thing. Tommy was cool and you know, polo and all that stuff. So I'm like, hell yeah, let me, let me, let me, let uh, me, let me sell some of this stuff because I was selling already on like um, eBay and stuff like that. I was just selling random stuff, but you know, if you've ever sold on eBay or if you ever, if you know anybody who's ever sold on eBay, you're selling everything and selling everything is a pain in the butt. And, I was like, well, if I can sell vintage clothes and stick to one thing and have a place to build my my personality, my profile up, I like that because I have a lot to offer. I'm a funny motherfucker. You know what I mean? I like to talk shit. You know what I mean? And having a place where I can really do me and get down. Yeah, that was that was it. So that was the beginning about 3 years ago.
0: So what what you were selling everything. You said out selling everything's hard, which I agree cuz you kind of have to like There ain't nobody out there who knows everything about everything. It's fucking impossible. So if you are selling everything, power to you. But it's hard because, like you say, you got to, like, there's more research involved. And it's like you just can't know that much shit, right? So um, let's talk about before. Like, what did you do before this that led into that? Uh,
1: Before, I mean... Really, I've only had like a a couple of jobs. Like I drove taxi for a little while. Um, But after that, I did some some internet marketing. I did internet marketing from like 2001 all the way until maybe five or so years ago. And the marketing aspect of of what I did has really kind of helped me along with, with everything I've been doing now. But yeah, internet marketing. Like, so um,
0: give us the rundown. What does that even mean?
1: Internet marketing. Mean? Internet marketing. Mean, well, for me, what I would do was affiliate program marketing for the most part. Uh, I had some clients that I would do marketing for as well, like uh, to get them business. So my, goal, my thing was I would get people business, whether it was a small company, like a local plastic surgeon here in Vegas, or whether it was a big company like, uh, hotels.com, you know, I would get them like, say for hotels.com, I would get them hotel bookings, uh, car rental bookings and so off and so forth. And they would give me a, a percentage, um, on every, on every booking and stuff like that. And, uh, I did that for a great number of niches for a great number of years and it was a wave, but when it was high, it was really, really, really high.
0: Yeah, so So, we're talking like back in the early 2000s, you said 2001. If you knew what you were doing back then, you could crush it because there wasn't a lot of people that knew what the fuck they were doing probably, right? And it was easier to like figure it out. Well, maybe not easier to figure it out, but when you did, it was easier to make money. Yeah, yeah. You still had all
1: that free traffic from Google. You know what I mean? If you did all your search engine optimization right, you would kill it in Google every month. And so uh, tell
0: me, like you say, like I got these guys' bookings. I got hotels.com, car rentals and flights and hotel bookings, but that's again so vague. Like how the fuck did you do right. that? All
1: right. Well
0: <laughs> uh
1: let's see. Um, to shorten the story, I had a um I had a business partner in India and he was really good at building websites. Um, and his thing was to build the websites and stuff like that. My thing was to figure out what the websites needed to look like, collect the money here in the U S and distribute it, distribute half of it to him. Because back then people weren't fucking with overseas like that. Uh, as far as like payments and shit like that, they just didn't trust it. So we had a really good partnership. And what we would do is we would build these, um, We would build these database driven websites that were hundreds of thousands of pages big, but they were just, they would just create on the spot. Like they would just, like if you typed in cheap hotel in Atlanta, you know what I mean? Like our page would just pop up and we would have like a hundred different websites with a hundred thousand pages and we would just dominate the whole fucking Google and shit like that. It was crazy. And we would do that for, uh, for like hotels, rental cars, uh, and a whole bunch of other things. Some I don't want to name, but a whole bunch of shit, man. And it was cracking for
0: like a long time. So you guys created a system that would just basically prey on search engine traffic you crushing it with like organic search engine traffic. You get someone a booking, they pay you based on like where the clicks coming from. So you're driving the traffic to these sites and they're just cutting you checks based on like a commission structure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We would,
0: we would, we would have, okay.
1: So the site, the websites that we would build would have uh, like all the info, like it would have like their backend kind of on there. So that they can, you know, uh, type in all their information and stuff. And then when they did the actual booking, it would go to the actual parent site, which would be, say, hotel.com. And they would put all their credit card information there and stuff. But the cookie would follow them from our site. So whenever a booking, you know, came from our site, we'd get a commission of whatever that booking was and stuff like that.
0: Wow. Wow, man. And obviously that probably died off when everybody else realized it. And there's like 50,000 of those websites out there trying to get these people's attention. Right.
1: Yeah. And also when, cause Google hated us, like they fucking hated us, man. They were, we were like whack-a-mole. We meaning, <laughs> we, meaning me and everybody else that was doing it, which is a great many people. Um, we would put these websites up. They would kill them. we would put more websites up. They would kill them. So it was like, it was a constant thing, man. Uh, we used to buy, Back in the old days, 2001, 3, 4, five, uh, we used to buy expired domain names. So let's say you had a, uh, a website and your website had a lot of traffic, had a lot of ranking to it because it was old and a lot of people linked to it. If you didn't pay for your domain name, like when it, when it, when it uh, was supposed to renew, like that night at midnight, it would become available to the public. And we would just snipe domain names that had all this like juice to it. And then we would put our fucking scraper sites on there. And then in a few days, the fucking, all those pages, those hundreds of thousands of pages would just populate all through Google. And we would just get a gang of traffic and money. And it was, man, it was something else.
0: That's crazy, man. Um, yep. Okay. Well, that's interesting to me for sure. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into vintage because our listeners want to hear about vintage. So yeah. how did that help you, man? Because like, how did that help you in vintage? I understand you, you probably got a good overview of marketing and how it all works through that, but it's very different than what we do now. And like, what from that did you take away that transferred over to vintage?
1: Uh, without getting too deep the way that I source. Yeah. Yeah. Like my my uh, my chipotle sauce is dipped firmly in that, It's some aspect of that.
0: Okay, okay. Um, obviously, there's some proprietary secrets there. Um, interesting, interesting. My my brain is twisting and turning right now.
1: As is the as is the whole. Freaking internet. I mean, you know, as is the whole uh, IG community, I should say. Everybody wants to know, what is that secret sauce that he has? Because, you know, um, I don't go into uh, uh, racks and bins and stuff like that to source. You know, I just, I have a different way of
0: sourcing. Yeah, uh, and it fucking works. Because if you guys don't follow Barry, you need to follow Barry. Afro vintage. Look at his hair. It speaks for itself. Uh, it's It is. It's looking good tonight. Yeah. You're, you come up, man. You come up on haul. It's not like, you know, most sellers will be like, yo, I picked this cool thing today. Found it in the bins today. You're like haul today. Haul today. Today's haul. Today's haul. Today's haul. Like mm-hmm. almost every day, it seems like. And we're talking like 30 shirts, 50 shirts, 100 shirts, 20 shirts. Like it's a lot of stuff. Um, I know we're not going to get the uh, deep, deep details out of you, but you are the haul king. I've told you that before. So that means a
1: lot coming from a guy like you, because with all your dead stock hauls and, you know, just the way you and your brother came up with the snapbacks and stuff like that. I mean, you guys kill it. Like I've never even did some of the stuff that you guys did like long, long time ago type stuff. I'm still trying to get there. So I appreciate the the, the tag.
0: Well, it's true, man. Like I I see some of your hauls and I'm like, I want to know that secret sauce. I still get halls, you know, my halls, sometimes they walk through the door. Sometimes I got to go find them, but, um, there's nothing like getting a good hall. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you see
1: me going, you know, from city to city, state to state, stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, you can, um, you have to, you have to travel, you have to, you know, you have to hit people up and, you know, you have to be willing to put work in, you know,
0: I agree to that. Yeah, I've I've said that many times and I still say that like if you people are committed to this business, you've got to make sacrifices for your your livelihood or for how you want to live your life. And if you're not willing to make those sacrifices, like go fucking live on the road for two weeks or a month or whatever. Maybe it's not for you. Mm -hmm. That's a great segue into your recent road trips, because, you know, you. As well as Frank, I see on the road a lot. You guys are like out there driving around America, buying shit up, selling shit, doing lives from hotels. You were doing lives from hotels. Um, so give us like a play-by-play of your last big road trip here.
1: Uh, well, the last, the last big road trip I went on, um, it was very uh, machismo-based. Very, very machismo based. You know, I told the world, I told everybody on Instagram that I'm gonna go to the virtual flea in Houston, leave with my van with no with no merchandise, not one t shirt, leave ten days before the event, and by the time I get to the event, I will have something to sell. And I just I I traveled I traveled there and I hit some cities and you know, I did what I did. And by the time I got there, I had a half a van full of t shirts that I could sell at the virtual flea within
0: that ten days. That's so rad. Yeah. So were people following you? And when you when you were set up at virtual, were they like, yo, like let's let's hear the stories. Like, what do you got? Like, how'd you find this? How'd you find that? And they were like they were but they were like buying into like this Yeah, vicar- vicariously living through you. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people did
1: follow. Um You know, when you say something like that, a lot of people will cheer for you, but you also got a lot of people that hope you fail too. You know what I mean? And there's no guarantees. I mean, you know, like, you know, anything could happen. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, a lot of people bought in. Like when I was there selling and stuff like that, vending, uh, a lot of people came up to me, man, and gave me props and, you know, I had fans and stuff like that, which is funny. You know what I mean? Uh, People want to take pictures with me and shit. So. It was a good time, man. And that kicked off like a two month on the road for me. You know what I mean? That was the, that was the starting point. And since I did so good, I had a great event at virtual flea. Um, I just said, screw it, man. I'm just, uh, you know, travel a little bit of the Midwest and a little bit of South and stuff like that. And, you know, it was fun, man. It was like a two month trip starting from that time when I said, I'm going to take this road trip and I just, you know, I just did it.
0: Yeah. Like you said, it's a gamble. Nothing's guaranteed. You could have ended up at virtual with like half a fucking grocery bag of shirts or something Mm -hmm. and like, or all mids, a van full of mids or something. So were you like happy with the quality that you got on the way?
1: It was great quality, man. To be honest, it was great quality. Uh, I had, I had two hauls in particular that were like one hall was like 200 t-shirts and another one was about that and they all came from like they both came from like dudes that were like in the music industry in some way somehow so they were you know concert related and stuff like that you know rock you know so it was yeah it was
0: good stuff man it was good stuff for the very most part give us like the top one or two shirts that you got on the way out to virtual
1: uh like um like i had some killer aussie shirts uh i had uh um (laughs) damn i had i had a mr mr what is that dude's name mr um not mr giggles but mr something i i had i had a bunch of you know what i had i had a bunch of um uh Grateful dead t-shirts had a bunch of grateful dead t-shirts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That were really, really cool. I didn't have the, the Deadland one, but I had some really cool
0: ones. Nice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, so fill us in on virtual, which, which virtual was this? This was, this was Houston. You said,
1: yeah. Virtual that that was Houston
0: number two, right?
1: Yeah. They had the first was one in Florida. Yeah, that was, that was number two. Uh, and I went to, I went to the, the Florida one, and I went to the Houston one. I didn't go to Miami, but I will go to Phoenix. Um, virtual flea Houston, man, was was how I think virtual flea should always be. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, um, a lot of sales going through there. You know what I mean? From mids to, you know, super high-end stuff. Uh, I'm sure you saw that the trade pit in the hotel lobby that thing was crazy. Just, just, it just went on and on and on for days. So yeah, it was, it was really awesome. Like there was like, what you saw there is what really happened there. There was no smoke, no mirrors.
0: It was just, it was just all good. That's rad. So, so you made money. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, how does that, how do you feel like you're, you know, I'm 41. You said you're 51, 51. Yep. Um, you know, still a young guy, lots of life left in you. But you know, you're, you're in this, you're in these events with like guys that are like, some aren't even 20 years old yet. And so, you know, but I would say the vast majority are 20 to 30 years old. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do you like, how does that feel for you? And how does that, how do you vibe in that, in that world? Because like, you're on lives with these guys all the time. There's, there's not that many people in your age bracket that are in the say, like, hype t-shirt world that we're kind of in here mm-hmm. so yeah how did how is that for you i
1: just i just really stay in my lane i know that i'm not a young dude and i'm not out there trying to hang with these young dudes going to the strip clubs and bars and and doing all this you know crazy shit that they'll do you know what i mean i'll um you know i'll stay hunting i'll stay selling you know you know i'll, I'll dab people up maybe maybe go to a dinner or something like that but for the most part, I'll just, you know, I'll just keep it moving, man. And not really, not really hang too much because, you know, I could look really bad trying to hang with these young dudes, man, in a, in a, in,
0: in a situation. It could I get wasn't, awkward. I wasn't insinuating that. I no, was just... I,
1: But I, but I've known that from the start, I've known that from the time that, you know, I started into this business and I seen just pretty much all young dudes around. I'm like, I'm going to be more of somebody who could, you know, teach and, you know, bring some wisdom to some of this stuff, because a lot of these dudes, you know, it's their first time even selling anything. So, you know, there's, you know, I got a lot of sales experience. So, you know, I, I just try to, I just try to help folks like on our uncle tip more so than trying to kick it with them. You know what I mean? Because that's really, that, that, that would be, that would be ugly for me. That would be really goofy for me.
0: Yeah, man. I feel you. I feel you. Okay. I like that. So you have two grown kids, right? Or you have, sorry, I, I know you have kids of, I don't know.
1: How yeah, many. I do. I do. Um,
0: two or one or what? I have
1: I have a daughter that's 23. I have a son that's 30. And I have a daughter that's 31. So I have three kids. Nice. Yeah.
0: So they're like in the demo. So what do they think about you in the vintage t-shirt world?
1: They're right into it. They're right into it, man.
0: That's I awesome. love it.
1: I sent them t-shirts and stuff like that. They love it. They're right into it. That's super cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, you know, you said virtual is good. So get, let's get, let's get back on this road trip. Cause I want to hear more stories from the road, man. You, after virtual, you said you made some money. It was a good event, which I'm glad to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I haven't been to a, a virtual yet uh, mostly because of COVID restrictions I'm sure I'll make it to one in the near future here and mm-hmm. give us the road trip details, man. I, you were like, I got money in my pocket. Let's just keep on this fucking digging mission and figure out where we go. Yeah.
1: Road trip was cool because being on the road, you can, you can source in a really good number of ways. You know what I mean? So I was sourcing, you know, um, using my method, you know, my Chipotle sauce, but, also, when I would see, you know, uh, a old place or whatever, you know, I would stop in, you know, look for dead stock halls and stuff like that, or, or, uh, you know, just, um, you know, go to garage sales in, in different cities and stuff like that. Uh, so that that was really cool. Some of the uh, some of the characters that I would go to their houses, man, I need to really get cammed up because some of these dudes or a trip, man. Like there was this one dude that like, he gave me his address and I'm going, you know, I get off the freeway and then it's probably a 10 minute drive to his house from the freeway. And all along the road, it's a little town all along the road. All you see is Trump 2024 and Confederate flags. And so I'm like, all right, cool. I'm excited now because when I see that kind of shit, I know I'm going to find what I'm looking for. There's a bunch of old stuff there. And you know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm cool. So I get to his house. I get out and he comes to the door. He's like, Hey, come on in, man. And I swear this dude is like, I don't know. He's like five foot seven, 300 pounds. The biggest beer belly you ever saw. He had no shirt on. Biggest (laughs) beer belly you ever saw. I get into his Uh. house. I get into his house and the first thing I see on his wall is a Confederate flag. I mean, a big ass Confederate flag. And I'm like, all right, cool. Right. But this isn't the first time I've ever been in this situation. So I know how to act. I just start talking about music and we start talking about the t-shirts and everything flows. And I might've spent a hundred bucks with that man. Got like 30 t-shirts, all like old school, '80s stuff. And it was just, it was just awesome, bro. So yeah, it, 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 can be like that on the road, man. It could be really, really fun, really cool. Uh, you could also get kicked in the nuts, man. Um, another time I drove five hours to go see a guy. He had some punk stuff and you know how hard it is to get punk stuff, man, how hard it is for people to release their punk stuff. So I think I drove from Indianapolis to somewhere in Kentucky and, um, I got there. The dude had the stuff. And as I'm looking at it, I'm, you know, trying to work out a price with him. And I name a price. He's like, no, I don't want to sell it for that. And then I'm like, well, what would you sell it for? He's like, ah, I don't really know. And then he's like, I don't think I want to sell it. And I'm like, I'm like oh, shit, this is bad. And then I'm like, well, what about, you know, these these shirts right here? And I kind of separated the Snickle Fritz from the fire. He's like, no, I can't sell them. And I'm like, well, what about just these four or five? Because there were some crazy ones. He's like, no, I can't sell. I said, so you can't sell me any of them? Like none of them? For any price at all? He says, no, man, I'm sorry. I can't sell. And I was like, I, I didn't even say anything to him, man. I just spun around and fucking
0: walked out the door. And I was pissed.
1: And he told you,
0: come down to see me. Yeah.
1: Show me pictures of everything and all that, man.
0: Oh, that is a kick in the nuts. That's the, uh, that's the hoarder mentality when like they want, they know they want to part with it, but they like, it's a disease. Like they can, you know,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: oh mm-hmm. man, that's rough. Five hour drive,
1: five hour drive. And you know, with the way I do it, the less questions that I ask people, the better, because you start asking a lot of questions before you're even at the person's house or whatever. Um, they, they, you know, they might look stuff up on you. And once they look up stuff, because like I get shit for cheap, like I get bins of t-shirts for cheap, like out of a hundred hauls, I might've spent a thousand bucks or more three times, you know, and I've got hundreds of t-shirts for 200 bucks, 300 bucks, 400 bucks. But if you ask too many questions, you're going to trigger them to look up, you know, what some of these t-shirts are worth. And if they look up what they're worth, then they probably just aren't going to sell them to you at all at any price because they're going to think that they can just do it theirself. And of course we know how hard that shit is to list them one by one on eBay or whatever. But when you're 60 years old, when you're 58 years old, you're stubborn as hell. And you know, and if you don't really need, need, need money that bad, you don't care. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's a tricky bit, but it's it gets tricky too, because you know maybe your your secret sauce is only sourcing like where you can drive to, but sometimes you you can't drive there, and you're like, "Fuck, I got this score but it's like out in the middle of nowhere. I can't like spend four days to drive somewhere, so then you're like, well, you gotta start asking questions and starting to figure out what's there, and then it's like trying to decipher if it's, a, if it's worthwhile or not and get a get a pickup on it from some shipping courier or some shit. Yeah, it's tough. I had a deal the other day. Sean sent it to me because he was like, I don't know if I want this. And I'm like, okay, I'll look at it. And the guy, you know, the guy, people say it's 90s, but half the time, they don't even know if it's fucking 90s or not. They're like, they're like, I don't even know. It's just some of my old shirts. Yeah. And I'm like, send me pictures. It turned out all to be like 2000s or later stuff. Like, wasn't really worth it. You know, but I almost just sent him the money and got a pickup on this whole big lot, which was like, you know, I was like $1,500 worth of stuff. Um, but yeah, sometimes you you can't take that gamble, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no, I mean, because you're dealing with individuals every time. So you're going to be different. You're going to be dealing with somebody different every time. And there's no roadmap for dealing with different people every time. There's no roadmap. There's different things to certainly avoid. But there's no one thing
0: that'll work with everybody. It just yeah. doesn't. That's an interesting topic because that kind of goes back to like, it's a simple human behavior and it goes back to motivation, right? Mm-hmm. Every human being, you, me, everybody else, my staff, I can tell you that for damn sure, are all motivated by different things, right? Mm-hmm. And When you ask people about this, most people think everyone's motivated by money, Mm -hmm. but that is not true, guys. That's so not true. And you know it because you're like, yo, I got money here, but you're not selling me your punk shirts, right? So that guy obviously was not motivated by money. And this is like high level psychology shit. But if you want to really be good at negotiating or getting these deals or getting people to sell you their shit, you have to... Be able to decipher quickly what their motivations are. Are they motivated by, um, by what do you call it? By um, like encouragement or like uh, when is their
1: wife saying, "Get this shit out of the house"? Yeah, totally. you,
0: you know, some people will be money, but then some people will, will would be more stoked if you just gave them some of your time and had a coffee with them and shot the shit about fucking politics or life or whatever. Or some of them want you to blow smoke up their ass about how cool it was that they went to those concerts. It's like people are motivated by different things. Everybody ticks on a different clock. So it's your job as a negotiator to like figure that shit out quickly so you can leave with what you need to leave with. Mm-hmm. And that can you be hard. That can be hard sometimes.
1: Let me, let me get this out. Cause you just triggered something really, really interesting. Okay. Um, about 85% of the people will want to tell you about how cool these shirts are and where they were when they got each shirt and all this shit. Um, now the thing is about that is the more that they look at those shirts and start telling you about the fond memories, the more they're likely to either keep some of the shirts or, change their mind and not tell you anything and not sell you anything at all. So when I, when I go through and, and look at shirts, I never, ever, ever just pick up each shirt and hold them up and look at one by one. And you know what I mean? I don't do that. Like if there's say two bins of shirts, I'll rifle I'll rifle somewhat through those two bins of shirts and maybe three to four minutes and hold up as least of them as I can, because I get it. every time I hold up a t-shirt, they always got something to say about it, how cool it was and how great that concert was. And Hey man, you mind if I keep that one?
0: I met no. my, hub. I remember that time I met my husband at that show. Oh, I'm going to have to hold on to that one, Sonny.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's the heart-shaped oh. box. Oh, worst. And you could get the whole load for 200 but they want to keep the heart-shaped box. How the fuck do you get the heart-shaped box out of their hands? You can't say, I'll give you $200 for that shirt because you're giving them $200 for these two bins of T-shirts. And that just might kill the whole thing. Like, it's it, man. It's, it's a psychology thing. It's very tricky. Uh, the more yeah. you do it, the better you get at it, but expect to crash and burn sometimes because the shit
0: happens. Totally. And another thing I'll mention about that is that they want to know that you're giving it a good home. So you kind of got to spin some bullshit sometimes, right? You kind of got to spin some bullshit. And I'm not, you know, I don't think it's like right to be super deceiving. You want to be fair with people, but you know, Sometimes, to be honest, sometimes you're helping them because they do have the fucking hoarder disease. But um, you know, you want to let you want to reassure them that it's going to somebody who will appreciate it just as much as they will, or whatever the case may be. Again, playing to those like uh, those fulfillment factors of that particular person. But <sighs> good it's luck really out important. there. Good luck yep. out there, people.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really important what you said. It's really important because. Almost all of them ask, what are you going to do with this stuff? You know what I mean? And you never, ever, ever want to say, I'm going to flip this shit. I'm going to make the most cash for this shit. I'm going to go on IG live. And man, it's going to be crazy. No. What I tell them is, you know, I, you know, I collect, you know, so I'm going to put some of this stuff away in my collection. My nephews and kids are going to get through some of this stuff. Some of the stuff I sell, I no, I say some of the stuff I trade to get, you know, bigger sizes with other people who collect these t-shirts and then, you know, I'll probably sell a few of them. That's how I lead it. The sell part is the, at the very last of it. You know what I mean? Because that seems to make them feel good about the whole situation when they ask, that's how I approach it. Good
0: call, man. Good call. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So give us like, Where did you go on your road trip? Can you give us like a quick like boom went here, boom went there, state to state, whatever? Yeah, yeah, I went, I went to, um, I went
1: to Texas, and when I was in Texas, I was staying in Houston because Houston, because what I did was I wanted to stay in cities that had a close proximity to other cities. So Houston, you're you know, I guess two and a half hours away from like. Austin and like San Antonio, and then like four hours away from, uh, from Dallas and you're even somewhat close to new Orleans as well. So I stayed there and then, you know, I just fished the whole state of Houston and, and a little bit of new Orleans and stuff while I was there. And I got to say that I did get some stuff in Texas, but I thought I was going to body Texas. I thought I was going to go there and crush Texas because they got all the rag houses and they got all these pickers from Texas that just kill it, bro. Just kill it. So there's plenty of stuff there. And I'm like, all right, there's plenty of stuff there. You know what I mean? I got my Chick fil A sauce. Let me, you know, let me sprinkle some of my Chick fil A sauce on you Texas. You got Chipotle, and Chipotle sauce body and Chick fil A sauce? No, no, no. No, 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 Chipotle, Chipotle sauce, uh, Chick-fil-A sauce, rather. My bad. Um, okay. I, I got excited. So, <laughs> so. By the way, I do have both because, yeah. Anyway, so I'm there, and I, I think I stayed there for maybe three weeks or so. And like I said, I did pretty good, but I didn't, I didn't do what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was just going to have a holiday, maybe two hauls a day on some occasions. And I probably had about five halls or so, maybe six in that three-week period, which is a lot, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I thought. So then I went up to um, uh, OKC, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, and Oklahoma City was very good to me, man. Oklahoma City is wonderful. You know, I like Oklahoma a lot. And then I thought, where should I go? Should I go to Iowa? You know, should I go? And then I was like, well, I really, I really, right from the start, I wanted to go to Chicago. Like I really wanted to go to Chicago, but I was like, I looked at where Chicago was on the map and I looked at what surrounded it. And then I was like, well, how, how can I go to a bunch of different spots and still hit Chicago? So I was like Indianapolis, you know, Indianapolis is like right here. You got, you got, uh, St. Louis here. You got Chicago there. You got Detroit. You know what I mean? You got Cincinnati right there. Then you got, uh, you know, uh, Nashville is is ways down, but you got a lot of places that you can hit. So that's what I did. I probably stayed there off and on for about a month or so in Indianapolis. And when I went there, man, it was great. It was really, really great. I did a tremendous amount of driving, uh, but it was really, really great. Yeah, it was It was. It's nice and centrally located and there's just so much people there and so much stuff that, yeah, it was awesome.
0: And, uh, you live, I want to say Vegas.
1: Yeah, I do. I live in Vegas.
0: Okay, cool. Um, I had a question. So you're doing these digs, you're buying shit for cheap. You're getting hauls, big hauls. You don't rifle through stuff cause you don't want to trigger like those people to keep shit. So you must end up buying a lot of mids that you're like, you that aren't the hype shit, right? Yes. In the mix. Okay. But are you, you're not really set up to sell mids the way I see your business. So like, what do you no. do with mids, man? What do you, how do you liquidate all the other shit that you don't want? Well,
1: um, I have a few people who do buy in bulk, um, but i i brought I brought some mids back. I probably out of out of all the mids that I got, I probably brought back a third of them. I probably brought back a third. Um, I probably bulk sailed a third. You know, I and then I I bundled some into you know like the late night bundles and stuff like that or whatever. And yeah. then I got like a huge amount of mids and maybe a little bit higher than mids in Houston right now, uh, in a storage unit that I, that so I you got so much
0: from your trip to virtual and in Houston that you were like, I'm going to leave it. Cause I don't want to care. I wanted my van to be empty on the road trip. Say that one more time. You left it there because you wanted an empty van to keep going.
1: No, 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 no. Uh, um, I took, I took almost a full van back to Vegas with me. Yeah. Um, I did my road trip. And then at the, pretty much the last stop of the road trip was back near Houston. I picked up a, um, it was probably 3000 pieces. It was like 34 boxes of just like seventies and eighties, vintage teas, a little bit of nineties, vintage teas. And it was just so much shit. And I had so much stuff that I just like cherry picked through it and probably took maybe 800 pieces or so uh, in the van. It was me and my nephew. I, I, I said, I said for him to come out on the greyhound, and, and let's get back to that later because that Greyhound experience was a mother Uh So he came, we did this deal and uh, I loaded up the van and then, you know, we just, we just went back. So I got, I got I got a bunch of pieces still, uh, you know, out there in Houston in a uh, storage unit. That's crazy. So,
0: sent a lot of pieces. thirty-two boxes, and that's from an individual person.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, I all the way along the trip, I would send boxes back home. You know what I mean? Of like the better shit. You know what I mean? So you know, if I had some ba- some bangers and grails and shit like that. I would send a lot of that stuff home, you know, kind of like as an insurance, you know what I mean? Like, okay, you know, I'm getting good shit and good shit and good shit and good shit. Let me send some of the best stuff to the house and, you know, sell some of the really good stuff. And then, you know, with the mids, just do whatever. Um, now, what was your question? What would you say? I forgot.
0: No, no, just that's wild. That's a huge haul. So you oh, still Oh, yeah, have- the haul. So the haul was from stock, one. How much stock do you sit on at a normal basis? Uh... Maybe a
1: thousand to fifteen hundred t shirts, I would say.
0: Okay. okay. Okay, sorry, go back to the hall. About the thirty two bucks.
1: Back to the hall back to the hall. It was from one person. Um a guy a guy had died and he had left um all these boxes of, of t shirts to uh another person to donate either the shirts or the cash from the shirts to a private organization, uh, you know, a charity. And so, um, the dude said, Hey, you know, we're going to look through some of these boxes and whatever is, whatever t-shirts that are appropriate for this charity, because it was a theme based charity. I don't want to give away what it was. Um, we're going to keep that for that. And then we'll sell you the rest. And, um, you're not even going to pay me. You're just going to, I got the, uh, the, uh, what was it, Cash App or PayPal, something like that. I just scanned it and just sent it directly to uh, that organization and stuff like that. So it was cool. I paid like uh, uh, $2,150, I believe, and it was like 3,000 pieces.
0: Damn. Dude, you're coming up on the low, bro.
1: That's how it is, man. It's like it's. Like that's really how it is like that's really how it is when you buy from people, you're not gonna pay a lot. you're just really not gonna pay a lot most of the time like it's not it's usually not a it's just it's usually not that deep with the money. It's more about where's the stuff going, and I need it out of my house, and I can't fit it anymore, and I'll take some money, but just enough we're like. I know you're not swindling me. Like, don't give me 50 bucks for, you know, two bins of T-shirts. But, yeah. you know, 250, no, I mean, that's cool. It makes thing.
0: sense because I feel the same way about all my wife's shit. I'm like, babe, I want to get the shit out of here. Just take it away. <laughs> we have too much crap, you know, but it's like that's a shit. If
1: your, wife, if your wife is listening to this later, I had no part in what he just said. <laughs> no, no, she,
0: does, she, she won't listen to this, so I'm safe. Um, But I'm just like... I love my wife. Love you, babe. If you do listen, to this. You. Um, but <laughs> there you go. You know, Please it's like that. it's our world of T-shirts, our world of vintage. But like, you know, even sometimes I'll have like cool. I'll buy vintage toys for my kids, and I'm like, I could probably put this on eBay. But like, I'm just gonna fucking donate it because I want it out of here. It's like if it's not your world, it's so much easier to let it go. Unless, again, if you have that like weird like memories attached to it. But um, it's, it's a mission to try to go and do all that work, you know, and just let it go, let it go hmm okay so let's talk about um oh sorry tell us about the greyhound incident
1: oh the greyhound yeah so i'm like nephew man i got this hall and this was the houston hall with all those shirts i'm like man it's hot out there so many shirts and whew, that's gonna kick my ass man by myself so um I tapped into one of the local homies. Uh, I don't want to say who it was, but one of the local homies in Texas and he came and helped. Um, But I wanted my nephew there, too. So I'm like, nephew, what you doing? He's like, I'm not doing shit. I'm like, cool. Bring your ass out here, man. I I got a ticket for you on the Greyhound. So he came and... um,
0: So he came all the way from Vegas? All the
1: way from Vegas, yes, sir. So what is
0: that? Like a two-day freaking Something like
1: that. Yeah, something like that. And he said everything was cool on the Greyhound until he got to like Dallas or something like that and then the AC broke and there was no AC on the fucking Greyhound, bro, from Dallas to uh to Houston. And it wasn't in the it wasn't in the daytime necessarily, it was a little bit later. Like it wasn't in the hottest, but still, man, you're on that bus and it was just he said it was pretty brutal, man. And then Um that downtown Houston Greyhound, that location, bro, that is a beast.
0: Serious ghetto shit.
1: Super serious ghetto shit, man. I parked (laughs) I parked my uh my van and I went directly in there. And the moment he got off of that thing, the 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 greyhound, I was I was like right there greeting him, like, hey man, let's go. Don't talk to nobody when we get out of this motherfucker. We'll walk straight to this thing and get in here, and we're out. We're not stopping for shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, that's 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 what it was. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to Raymond. He came through.
0: Shout out, Raymond. Good job helping your uh, your uncle out. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's do, let's talk market pulse. Let's talk uh, the the ups and downs, the stock ticker of the vintage world. What is happening in our market? <laughs> You, of all people, seem to be tapped in pretty tight because you do spend a lot of time on lives. This is literally vintage t-shirt selling on Instagram and events is basically is, is your full-time gig, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay, so you're tapped in. You hit me up the other day and you were like, um, oh, no, I, I brought you on a live. I randomly went live in the middle of the day. You hopped in. You were like, vintage game is, is roughly 30% down uh from your assessment which is you know it's a good even number but obviously this is you know roundabout people obviously um and you said because you did your set with 1980 something co what like two weeks ago now or something
1: no just uh it was last sunday so just a few days
0: ago probably about four or five days ago Mm -hmm. last sunday so tell us about the set first of all tell us about your set because you were the closer or something or you were like a main event I was I was
1: I was one of the main events, but the guy that the guy that came on after me, he sold those uh those Nike Santa swooshes and I think one of his things went for like twenty one hundred bucks or something like that. Um, but yeah, so I I just brought on, you know, like pretty much some of the best grails that I had. Um and I wanted to kind of see where they went. And a lot of them that went for like say five hundred to six hundred bucks or so in my opinion, were 800 to $1,000 T-shirts, um, you know, but it was just, you know, the flow of the market goes up and down. And um, that's what I based my kind of 30% on is, you know, h- how they did. Yeah.
0: So what was your highest highest sale of the day on, on the fleet? Uh, it was
1: the, um, I had a, uh, a Jimi Hendrix, pretty much one of one. Um, it was from the artist that, that that does the heaven smiles for like the, uh, the uh, Santana pieces, the heaven smiles, Santana pieces. I think his name is Michael something. I, I can't, I can't forget. It. I can't remember his last name, but um, yeah, it was a crazy piece. Dead stock, beautiful XL, great meshes. I think it went for like six ten. and my opinion, that t-shirt, on the low end is worth a thousand probably on the higher end. It's probably worth 1500 or so. It's okay. a crazy piece.
0: Yeah. So those ones are kind of the wild multicolored big print yeah. and they're kind of like all hand, they're, they're screen printed, but they're like hand layered screen printing. So it's like, they can be unique in their own right. Kind of like yeah. more like real art pieces than like yeah. regular screen printed tees for those people that don't know. Don't, <laughs> go look them up. They're super cool. Um, Okay. So yeah, it's so funny now. Like I don't even know the market on any shit anymore. I'm like, there's too much. It's too much. It fluctuates too fast. I'm like, I can't even keep up. And I don't know. don't really care to keep up that much. If I find something cool, I'll I'll figure it out as I go. (laughs) I'll
1: tell you this. I'll tell you one thing that I know for sure. Like for sure is mids is where it's at right now. And mids is the, uh, the future of vintage going forward. I would say for the next year or so. Because so many people are getting into it and the people who are getting into it want to spend anywhere from 10 to 30 bucks on a t-shirt. If it's a banger for them, maybe 50 to 70 bucks, something like that.
0: Yeah. Mids pay the bills. Mids always, always sell. And, uh, it's always been that way. You know, I always made all my money on mids and I don't, you know, I was loving say, the last year and a half when me and Kirby were doing Hogan all the time because it was the easiest money I ever made it was literally five grand a week hop on hop on IG live for like two three hours a week and we could sell anything I was joking to Sean I was like this this freaking this uh what was it like I love Lucy shirt it was like 120 during that period you know now I'm like maybe get 50 bucks mm-hmm Maybe sixty bucks. There's was so many things that people people thought were grails because they hadn't been they hadn't been like privy to the market and how much of this stuff was out there at that time. So it was great, easy money.
1: Yeah, bless you guys had such a great time. He's he's the best host co-host. On on IG, period. Hands down, yeah. Kirby, even Kirby close is the man.
0: I love Kirby. Nobody's close. Nobody's close. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. That was a super fun time. Okay, so I posted yesterday on my IG talking about this market being thirty percent down and what were people's thoughts. So we're going to run through a couple quick comments of what people thought about the market. Um, speaking of Kirby, let's read Kirby's comment. Okay, Kirby writes, Dead Union. Shout out Dead Union. If a rapper wears it, sheep will want it. Has that not been the rule for the last five years? As long as little whatever puts on a thing, the little whomever wants the thing to put on. Hordes and hordes of poser cunts came over. This is his words, not mine. (laughs) By the way, he's Aussie. They throw cunt around like it's whatever. Um, Came over and now they are leaving. That's fashion. It's puke emoji, always has been. Always will be. I, for one, am loving watching the collectors make a mad dash to sell the shit they never cared about in the first place. Poser karma. I support it 100%. And to anyone who thinks your $1,000 wrapped, he will be worth 10 times that in the future. What makes you so sure? Based on what evidence? I personally cannot wait for this not to be cool again. Um... So that is Kirby's take on the market. He's a, he's he's probably looking for a uh, re-entry. Well, he's, he's never gone anywhere. He hasn't gone anywhere, but it's like the typical stock thing. It's like, you know, sometimes when it goes down, is, is a good time to make a lot of fucking money because you can recapture all that shit that now is dropped. Mm-hmm. And when you think about that, like when you think about the, the market dropping, if it goes farther down, you know, It's hard to say exactly. This is all speculation, just like everything we talk about here on the show, mostly. But Mm -hmm. people might start dumping collections. People might start going like, shit, I got to get out. Like I put 50 grand into t-shirts during this last two years. Mm -hmm. And now my job just fired me or whatever the fuck happened. And I need money. Right. Mm -hmm. And then if the market's down, you could probably sweep up collections.
1: That's happening right now. It's happening already.
0: It's happen- So there you go. See, yeah, you're tapping more than me. So that's happening already. It's happening. Next comment on that post coming from FA underscore VTG. It's a wave. The hype is mostly for things I care less about. I try to stick to what I love, but it doesn't always pay the bills. Good words. Honest words. hmm Yep. stick to what you love stick to what you know you can't go wrong and here's another thing if you're fucking having fun if you're enjoying it and you're still surviving there's something to be said for that too right 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 um but it's true because the hype the when you when the word hype uh notes that it is something that is mass amounts of people are like going after at any point in time.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, like like a, like the latest Nike is a hype shoe or whatever the whatever's happening. But when we look at the hype vintage market it's like it has been waves, right? We had a Disney hype for a while and the Disney hype is kind of on, on the backside, right? And then right now like like you know music tees have had a pretty good consistent rise and they're s- still good. Mm-hmm. I think because you know music, music tees will
1: never go anywhere. Yeah. I mean it, it's just a you know, good it hits everybody
0: yeah it hits everybody <laughs> exactly um movie tees like i think i think certain movie tees are still good but then i don't know you tell me man what do you think about movie tees right now
1: yeah i think movie tees are definitely going down like like really down like uh that was one of the shirts that i had on the uh virtual flea was uh the cable guy by jim carrey i uh, had a big ass poster print on the back of you know of the shirt with him on there you yeah. know, last year that probably would have went for two grand, like easy. Around the top, it would have just, it would just went through the roof. It went for like, I think six hundred bucks.
0: So was that one that you held for a while, hoping like it would continue to? No, I don't. I, I don't usually
1: do that. Um, I don't usually hold t-shirts for too long. I might hold t-shirts for a month or two or whatever for like an event or just to have some stock or just to have some insurance or or something like that. But I don't typically hold higher end t-shirts. Like I'm I'll I'll hold some, some lower end t-shirts that I think have potential to be higher end in the future, but I don't usually do the opposite.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to say, like these t's are worth 20 bucks. Let's hold them until they're worth a hundred potentially, but it's kind of a lot more scary when you're like, I put a thousand into a t-shirt hoping that it goes to 2000 and then it goes back to 500.
1: And, uh, matter of fact, let me show a t-shirt for the, for the future viewers of this, uh, podcast in a year or two from now, uh, today, this t-shirt right here is worth 20 bucks. I bought it for, for 20 bucks. Uh, who knows what it'll be worth when you, when you at home there see it, in a, in a year or two from now, but it's worth 20 bucks now. You could have got it for 20 bucks on this day, on uh, September 23rd. Okay, so that is that
0: your prediction of something that's going to hit?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, because, like, when you think about, like, the Day and you think about, like, uh, you know, just just the female singers and stuff like that, how, yeah. how they're hitting, you know what I mean? Uh, from, you know, a couple of decades back, the singers of this you know of this generation they're for sure going to hit it's just a matter of when and if the t-shirts are 5 or 10 bucks right now uh, hoarding some of those wouldn't be a bad idea because i doubt very seriously if they're ever going to
0: be worth less than 5 or 10 bucks and the upside could be crazy exactly that's the tr- that's like buying a penny stock or something where you're like it's not going to go below a penny guys you know it only has upside Again, like I said, though, but buying something that's super high inflated already, you're basically, you're banking on that hype to continue and the hype, you're better off looking to the future, trying to buy something that you think has potential hype in the future. Okay, this is not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read Uncle Bin's comment. He says, vintage game is a long play game. If you're in it for the hype, you won't last long. A lot of people come in, drive up prices and leave. The market is just correcting itself. There will be another bomb soon. So he's basically said what we've kind of said on the podcast many times is that, yes, this, this thing works in cycles and you've got to be in it for the long play. And a lot of people will fall off and are falling off. You know, some people got their jobs back and they're like, I'm not making as much as I want to be. I'm out. Uh, it's, the saturation in the, in the amount of diggers is going up. So that makes it harder for people to source. And they're like, I can't handle it. I'm out. There's many reasons, but I think, I think a thinning out of the, the crowd is a good thing. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think so, too. But if we take one little small step back, um, the cool thing about this whole thing is that vintage used clothes is on the rise. Like, the general population is really starting to love it. So, all those people who were making crazy money and we were talking about they're in and for the environment and stuff like that, and now nobody nobody says environment anymore. It's just like, I'm losing my ass and I need to get out. Uh, yeah. The actual environment, you know, the actual recycling of clothes and stuff that's getting better and better and better and bigger and bigger. So that's, that's, uh, that's the win. That's the, that's the real win. in this whole thing is that, yeah. um, I love that you, you know, said that That's awesome. whatever the prices go for, they go for, but that's the real win and if you're just in it for the money you can't even see that like you're
0: you're blind to that but that's the real win yeah i love it man i still say that shit i'm still about it oh yeah uh, you know i based a lot of what i do off that and i think you're right man that is the real win and this whole market flux we're talking about is strictly localized to the hype market but like you said The bigger used clothing market is fucking booming. Everybody wants a piece of it. Um, The public's perception is the most important thing. And that's like the general population of America, of Canada, of the world is now thinking that used clothes are first of all acceptable to wear over new clothes because it used to be uh, taboo or stigmatized, you know, in a negative way. And that it's cool to wear those and it's fun. And they're also realizing that even somebody buying mids uh at a thrift store or online or on Depop or a $20 skirt, Y2K vibes, those those fines are still firing the same dopamine reactors in those people's brain that we get when we find the ultra super grail whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I guarantee you, if you talk to people who are going in Buffalo Exchange who don't source who don't sell vintage clothes who are just rocking stuff that that is cool to them if you say hey what's a mid i guarantee you they wouldn't know what the fuck you're
0: talking about no no clue nope no fucking clue someone needs to write the dictionary the stupid vintage world dictionary and they need to leave out one word they need to w- leave out one word steal it's a
1: steal that's a fucking steal. I hate that shit, man. They fucking, they've pounded that fucking word into the fucking ground. And I hate that shit, man. They need to uh, never say that shit again because something will go for like 30% less, 20% less than what it, you know, might go for. And people steal the, and they're like damn near cry
0: when they're selling their t-shirts. Oh, I hate it, man. Yeah. It's, a, it's so funny you say that because, uh. I was hoping you wouldn't say hammer. I was like, if he says hammer, I'm ending this right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hammer's awesome. I'm all about hammers. I love hammers. I brush <laughs> my teeth to, in the morning to hammers. Hammers is
0: awesome. <laughs> Sean, you know, Sean Avantini. Yeah. Shout out to Sean Avantini. He says the same shit. He's like, that's my number one worst pet peeve word in the game right now is steel. He fucking hates it. <laughs> I hate it too. Yeah. Uh, Shout out, Sean. What's up, Sean? I see you. Uh, it's fucking funny okay well let's uh talk about live so you know i tuned into a live last night and i did my first 10 by 30 or whatever they call it or 30 by 10 or 20 by 30 i don't know what okay. a raffle on a live i never little, had a waffle waffle they call yeah. it a waffle yeah yeah and uh and then they they did it on the ducks it was vintage cartoons and uh i forgot the other guy's name um who's his partner guy that they does it with
1: uh, I don't know. I just know the vintage cartoon, dude.
0: It's Heat heat Something. Anyway, your name's Heat Something. Shout out to you. They did like, they had the ducks racing on the screen for the winner of the raffle. And it was like, um, if you win the raffle, you get $300 to buy something from like a blind bid scenario mm-hmm. or credit for future purchases. Mm-hmm. So it's like. You're not losing, I guess. Is an interesting concept, and I was like, I just hopped in. I saw they were doing it. And I'm like, I oh, man, I don't even know what the fuck I'm bidding on, but let's go. <laughs> and uh, I didn't win. Needless to say,
1: yeah, it's all. But it was it was fun though. I love the duck races. shit just fun. Because yeah, everybody is. has a chance. I, I, literally everybody has a chance. And you never know who's going to win.
0: Yeah, actually, funny enough, Ducky won.
1: You know, Ducky? oh okay, yeah, Ducky's so nice.
0: Shout out, nice. Ducky.
1: Shout out to Ducky. Ducky, you're the nicest person on the whole freaking IG. Yeah,
0: and uh, I'm, I'm right in saying Ducky is a woman.
1: Yeah, Ducky is a woman.
0: Okay, because they were calling her a guy on the live, and I'm like, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure she's a woman. I've sold you a lot of stuff, Ducky. Shout out to you. You've always been straight up, straight shooter, and uh, a good supporter. Yeah, Ducky Ducky is amazing. Um, so she won. Ducky won the duck race. It was the irony, man. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. stick. I didn't stick around to see what she what she won. So talk about the live. So we've gone through this massive turning of the guard kind of thing. Not maybe turning of the guard, but we've gone through a massive like wave where everyone was doing it for a long time. Everybody was making crazy money. A lot of the people that were like really going hard, like Monarch, is basically off live. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out Sean. Shot Monarch. Um, coop caps he was doing a consistently weekly live he's totally off live um chloe from G- got it for cheap he had a weekly live like the night he actually was the first one to do the nike only thing okay I, th- I don't think he's doing any more live so there was like this wave of where like all these like guys were doing it and me and kirby and then that those guys kind of fell off and were are like fuck it i don't want to do it anymore mm-hmm. and there's a lot of new people doing it but i swear i've been on some lives lately where like Nothing sells. It's brutal.
1: It's brutal. Um, I really saw the uh, the writing on the wall with this kind of stuff in Orlando at the virtual flea. Orlando at the virtual flea. Uh, first of all, just to clear the air, I didn't shit on the virtual flea in Orlando because it was their first go and I didn't want to say anything negative about it you know what i mean and there's not a lot of negative shit to say about it but it could have you know it could have been better but you know it was what it was but i love chris and i why just gotta, I why do you got why do you got to clear the air did, did you say something i, I, I well know. you asked me about it you asked me about it and i told you it was wonderful and it was great and all that stuff but it really it really wasn't wonderful and great it was okay um and the reason i think it was okay was because okay you know it was the middle of, you know, the COVID stuff and, um, you know, all that. And they only had probably one or two places in the whole United States that they, that they could have it at. They had it there. The community wasn't all that big out there to really support something like that, but people did come out, but the warning shot out there that I'm talking about that refers to like the lives now was a lot of people who went there were strictly looking for stuff for their collection only. Like, you know, I collect drug teas. Do you have any drug teas? Yeah, I got drug teas over there. Okay, well, do you have drug teas with shrooms on them? You know what I mean? They were very niche, very specific. And because at that, at that a virtual flea, I had the craziest stuff ever. Like I had crazy, crazy stuff. Marilyn Manson, typo negative. I had crazy stuff. and People were just looking through it like it, like it was mids. They were just, plowing through like it was nothing. And I was freaked out about that because like like at the bowl or something like that, people would have, I would have left with nothing. They would have bought everything. So I think that was a warning shot of what was to come. It really, it really did shake me up when I, uh, when, when that was over and I saw how people were being so selective on what they were buying. And I guess as time has went on and people have, gotten a lot of stuff that they need for their collection there's a lot less need to actually buy anything so even though you're selling something and it might be worth something if they don't need it then they could take it or leave it and if they could take it or leave it
0: they'll either leave it or get it for a steal and that's what we're seeing right now totally uh it makes very very good sense to me um yeah interesting and i and i guess the theory of this is that, in order for that to keep growing at the rate that it was growing, we needed enough new people to always be entering that would accept where the market was at and start to start to collect themselves or start to like purchase or whatever wear or collect I don't whatever whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And that's tough because it's like our market as it grows gets like, it gets like a higher barrier of entry. It's like, if I want to just jump into this game of vintage t-shirts now, it's like, I'm starting at like $300 retail for these Mm -hmm. things that I like and Mm or $500 retail. And then there isn't enough new people coming in. Couple that with like economic dramas and, you know, all these other things that are happening in the world. And yeah, there has to be a correction in the market. So yeah. Yep. Yes. But you
1: know what, though? The market is still as booming as it ever was. But I don't know if I mean, some people for sure see it. It's very clear and obvious. If you just look at it, it's transferred from online Instagram to real markets, to the flea markets, to the pop ups, to the in person selling, you know, I'm sure that most um, vintage shops right now are killing it still, you know, with mids and stuff like that, because plenty of people are getting into used closed you know what i mean they're just finding out it's used closed vintage and you know they're just finding you know that some probably don't even know what single stitch is you know what i mean they just know that they like it it's
0: cool you yeah. know what i mean and now there's other places
1: besides buffalo
0: exchange that they can go and get it i've noticed my my retail stores are doing really, my well my I only have one physical retail now and it's doing really good like really solid without much energy put into it which i love um mm-hmm. And we don't sell anything really above mids. We sell like a good, solid grade of mids, outerwear, everything. You know, I'm I'm not only t-shirts. We sell everything, but it's just good. And I think that's refreshing for people because they finally got to go out and fucking touch and feel and try on and all these things. And the amount of events popping up too, like you said, strictly for the vintage community is crazy. I mean, ThriftCon was the first, in my opinion, beyond like Rose Bowl and shit. Yeah. Then yeah. the virtual came out. There's probably some others in there. But now it's like, you know, it's kind of one of those things. It's like once somebody sees somebody do it and they're like, Yeah, it doesn't look that hard to throw a fucking huge event. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. There's like those mm-hmm. guys in Philly doing it. Uh, Juicebox Archive, they did they did one. Mm-hmm. Um, are you friends East with Coast, um, East Coast Connection is doing it. Yeah, they do it in the basement of Metro, uh, Metropolis. Metropolis. Yeah, shout out to East Coast Connect. Those guys are killing it. Mm-hmm. Those there's a lot of sick vendors in there. Like you got Bowie Kochmere. Super sick. Um I don't know. A bunch of a bunch of sick dudes. It's
1: wild. It's 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 wild. Like what they're what they've put together uh on an on an ongoing basis. I think this is gonna be their fourth one. Uh and they moved it out of Metropolis this time to uh to a, a bigger venue. Um and the lineup is gonna be crazy. They're gonna have Red Man there. Oh, they actually selling.
0: moved it out of Metropolis to a real venue this time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They moved it out of there. They're gonna the 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 vendors that they have are crazy. They're gonna have Red uh, Red Man, the rapper. He's gonna be there vending. There's no telling what that man's gonna bring. Like no telling. So they're really doing it over there. What man. date, like, is, that? Doing what date is that? What date is that? You know, October third, I believe.
0: Damn, I didn't know that. See, yeah. this is dope. I like talking yeah. about this kind of stuff because this is something that the listeners want to hear too. Because there's probably a lot of people in New York. If you guys are in New York, October third. Look it up, East Coast Connect. Um, and if you, if anybody out there listening has events they want us to shout out on this show, just send them to me, and I'll talk about them. But I think, I think that's true. Like you said, physical retail is doing very well. The Rose is still doing well, although now when you go out there, it's like 110 degrees in the fucking parking lot, and you're like, by the middle of the afternoon, you want to die. Yeah, <laughs> but that's by, why I
1: haven't been out there. It's just uh, you know, it's too hot.
0: Yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, the vintage vintage world as a whole is doing well. I don't. If if I come across morbid to anybody out there listening, um, don't worry. I'm not morbid. I'm I'm in this for the long haul. Barry's in this for the long haul, and I just we want to study how the market fluctuates on this show, and that's what I am about. Like you say, you you're like an online marketer. Like I think about myself more as a marketer than a vintage seller. And I have for like the last lot lot of years because that's what we all do. Anybody who's selling is essentially marketing. You have to be able to market your product to sell it. That's the definition of the term, right? Very true. So as a marketer, you want to know what's happening, how you can do that. Um, And right now, probably the the better play is to go find some events. Speaking of that. Do you see, like, obviously, summertime is the biggest time for events. A lot of them are outside. The weather's good. Summertime. Uh, uh, fall, we're in, like, the early stages of fall here. I know it really doesn't matter in Vegas or, te- or Texas or L.A. California,
1: but, yeah.
0: Yeah, the rest of it, it does. So do you see, like, the online thing ramping up, in your opinion, like, come the next, like, month or so with, with fall weather? I think, I think so. I think so. Um
1: I don't think that it'll ever get back to like how it was before. Number one, because like, uh, there's just too many things going on. Uh, number two is, you know, all these apps that have kind of, you know, exploded a little bit nowadays, whatnot, and, you know, uh, other places and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, I do see, I do see, uh, the lives getting, uh, Getting livelier definitely as you know November, December, January comes, maybe even February. So
0: speaking of the apps, have you been on any? What have you been on so far? What not You have what? you have you, have you been on Network or uh oh. what's the what's Pop Shop? Have you been on those? I've been on Pop Shop
1: too. Yeah. Pop Shop uh shout out to Earthlings. I think they have a Wednesday show on there. Um yeah, I went on there. Those apps are so ungoofy. It's amazing. It's like everything you would want Instagram Live to be with instant payment and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, it's just that. It's just, it's just easy. It's just boom, 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 boom. Quick, easy, no lag. It's, it, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: So, um, what do you prefer, Whatnot or Pop Shop? Uh, don't just say Whatnot because you're doing it for ThriftCon. Uh, I haven't, I haven't uh, done. I'm not
1: doing whatnot for ThriftCon. I thought, oh, you're I'm not doing to... the virtual ThriftCon. No, they haven't. Uh, they haven't talked to me about that. I, I did see that they're doing that, but no. Uh,
0: but thanks for insinuating that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just want to be unbiased here. No, no you're, no, you're doing ThriftCon, so shout out ThriftCon, and you're doing it right. Yeah, shout out ThriftCon. I mean, Which is it's what right date here in
1: Vegas? You know? Yeah. What uh, date? It's the 17th of
0: uh, October. Okay. Fuck, there's so much happening in October. I feel like I just need to come to the states for the month.
1: Yeah, you should, bro. You could get in a whole bunch of surfing. You know
0: what I mean? Keep your eye on that wallet though. And uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, burn. Okay, well, I better tell that story. So, so last trip in LA, this was in August. I, uh, I went surfing in Malibu and I, I, my typical thing is like, I put my wetsuit on, I take my keys and I like pretend to go just go surf. But then I hide them under a rock on the beach. You know, I try to be all stealth about it, but this day I was a little unstealth and I was way too fucking hyped up to surf. Cause I just got a new board, even though the waves were shit. And obviously somebody had been watching me so I go back to the rock after my surf session my keys are gone I'm like oh fuck I expected my car to be stolen but it wasn't my car was there locked and my keys are nowhere to be found so I have to sit there in my fucking wetsuit I broke down with this guy in like a camper van on the side of the highway and he like gave me a shot of vodka and he was letting me use his phone and consoling me letting me cry on his shoulder well, I called the tow truck driver and waited, but yeah, somebody basically just stole my wallet and phone out of the car. And then I had to get a tow rental car, get the car rental car towed all the way back to LAX. Cause that's where I got it from, which is like pretty fucking far from Malibu. And because they stole my driver's license, I couldn't get a new car. So now I'm like without car in LA and then without credit card without my phone and i can't get a new phone in america because i'm on a canadian network so i need like to go get a new sim card for the canadian network you're the fucking mess so i had to hightail it back to canada but when i finally got around to like calling the credit card companies and everything these motherfuckers hightailed it with my wallet to (laughs) santa monica macy's and Bloomingdale's and fucking racked my shit up. They are so good, these guys, that somehow they convinced my bank. They probably, the bank probably called my phone and these guys answered and they convinced the bank to raise my limit so they could, they could buy more shit at Bloomingdale's. How much did they get? How much did they get the card for? Or do you not want to say? Yeah, no, it was like 25 grand. I don't, my limits aren't even that high, dude. They had to, like, increase one of my limits, like, by 10 grand. So, <laughs> I was like, motherfuckers. But, obviously, that shit's insured. I got my money back. Thank God. But, uh, yeah, you know, fucking, what do you call it? Career criminals. They know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about again? Oh, yeah, coming to LA, coming to these cool events. So, ThriftCon is <laughs> Vegas on October 17th.
1: Yeah, and then you got um and then you got virtual flea on November the sixth. So like three weeks after that, you got virtual flea, and that's gonna be in Phoenix. Yo,
0: it's gonna be a good fall, eh, Barry? Like yeah. all these events, and this is also yeah. a wicked time. People people get spendy in like November ish because that, that holiday mindset kicks in and it's like just go buy everything.
1: hmm Yep. Yeah. So yeah, man, it should be fun. It should be, you know, good times.
0: So now I don't know
1: about you coming here for a month, man. I don't know if your wife is gonna allow that. She's gonna be like, hold on. That ain't happening. That ain't, happen. that ain't happen. <laughs> A that month? Ain't Are we going there for a month? We can go there for a butt. We can ride the kids. <laughs> we could go there for a butt. But Joe has not go there for a yeah,
0: butt. Exactly. Road <laughs> trip. I should just pile everybody into the camper van and just roll down in the trailer. That would be dope do what you do see if i can come up find some come-ups
1: yeah and you will because i mean you, you the the thing is is like you've already hit a bunch of different dead stock halls so you really know what to look for i'm still trying to train my eye on what to look for like right now i'm just in the stage where i'm going to places and i'm getting those hard no's you know what i mean hell no hard no you know what I mean? They're following around the store type nose. So I haven't really gotten to the part where, you know, I've been able to get a yes or, you know, even just a look, even if it's not what I'm really looking for type stuff yet. But I'm, you know, I'm trying, bro. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. Hell
0: yeah, dude. It'll happen. It'll yeah. happen. You just got to keep pounding. Yeah. What? So what are your thoughts? Do you think the blind bids had a factor in the, in like the decline of prices. No, not at all. Not at all. I think, I think the opening
1: of America had the biggest effect on the pricing because people were starting to find way more shit. I mean, you know, you got people going to flea markets now, you know, yard sales again, because of the summer, um, you know, estate sales, uh, people out there finding dead stock halls, uh, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I I just think it was a natural uh, evolution of it, and uh, it happened. And uh, But like I said, the bigger picture is vintage is growing. The mainstream likes it. It's getting more and more out there. You're going to see, I think next year, you're going to see malls go from not having any vintage shops at all to having – four to five in its shops. And then the next year you might see, you know, six to 10 vintage type shops, you know, some might sell vintage, uh, furniture. Some might sell old signs and stuff. Some might sell a combination of hype and vintage. Yeah. And then you got the rework stuff for people who are dead sleep on rework stuff, man. I think that that, I think that the opportunity for rework stuff, in uh, vintage is just the tip of the iceberg right now, where where it's going to be. I think that's going to blow up in the next few years. I just
0: can't see how it won't. Hell yeah, buddy. That's uh, that's what I'm hoping on and banking on. I think you're right, though. I think uh, the big takeaway from this is there's still huge opportunities in vintage. There's more opportunities in vintage than ever. It's just the opportunities have changed, and you got to maybe think outside the box a bit and adapt just like we always have to adapt just like we adapted when the lives became a thing in the first place it's like we all adapted now it's time to adapt again and figure out something that's going to you know support your lifestyle and support your your habits and your hobby and keep firing those dopamine reactors you know in the end of the day my business is doing just as well as it ever did because i never because i'm diversified into all these different avenues of selling used clothing again i we call it vintage, but like I sell just as much fucking average used clothing as I do sell what we call even vintage. So, um, yeah, to- totally. But I think we've, I think we've beat that topic. What's the saying? Beat it like a dead horse. We've beat, yeah. that, to- <laughs> we beat that topic down. Um, but I like it. So let's move on though. I want to do some quick hits with you. Okay. Barry hit me. Okay. What's the most expensive shirt you've ever sold, period?
1: Lil' Kim t-shirt.
0: What's the number? What's the cheddar?
1: Oh, uh, damn, I shouldn't have said what it was. Well, uh, 2.2. 2. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, dope. 2.2. 2. I have you beat by just a, t- just a hair. Uh, okay. Who's your favorite seller at the moment? Who do you, who do you think's doing, and this doesn't have to be like, most grails this could be just someone who you appreciate the way they present themselves or like who you enjoy following or i don't know whatever my favorite seller at the moment damn that
1: is a tough one man um shit my favorite seller at the moment um Let me come back to that one, because I have to think about that.
0: Okay. Uh, Cradle of filth or morbid angel? Cradle of filth, hands down. Okay. What about um, mosquito head or raptee? Mosquito head,
1: like, like for the absolute win. I mean, there's a a million raptees out there. There's not a tremendous amount of mosquito heads, and mosquito heads are falling apart by the day so yeah man dry
0: rot is really our rack of dry rot at the warehouse right now is like 20 shirts deep right now like we're finding them all the time and sometimes we'll list something like on our website and by the time we go to ship it we're like fucking dry rot in that period of time um it's definitely an issue so have you had many mosquito heads in the last couple of years i think
1: i had two or maybe three ever which ones were they uh i had the sid vicious one i had the bob dylan one or something like that i think that's his name uh and uh or J- james dean about one of the two uh i think i had one more i can't really remember what it was so yeah like three of them
0: yeah you know the one uh with the living color dudes the same dudes that you just had the shirts of what are those guys called uh the brothers. The Wayne brothers yeah. And what are what was their skit called again? Hated it. Uh the um
1: the uh men on film. You talking about men, fi- men on film?
0: Yeah. Oh, I forget which which skit it but was. They had
1: a they had a couple of uh, skits. But anyway,
0: it's the one's with the Wayne's brothers like Wanda or something, but uh Oh yeah. They um I can remember having that shirt at the ball and selling it probably to Feynman for like 300 bucks. Not even much long much previous to COVID. Mm-hmm. which I don't know. What do, you, what do you think that's, what do you think those, those shirts are worth now? A couple grand?
1: Um, that one that you're talking about, the mosquito head, the wanted mosquito head. I think that shirt is pro- probably worth
0: four to five grand right now. Four to five. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then there's five, there's the fireman bill or whatever. The other character,
1: um, yeah. That's about the same. That's about the God damn
0: four to five. And
1: I don't even think if I had it and I didn't need to sell it, I don't even think I would sell it because those shirts are just crumbling every day and every day. And those shirts legit will be worth, you know, more as time goes by and they're already worth crazy money right now.
0: Yeah. So we just literally, um, did a a load of black tea. So, you know, you know, I have bins in my own collection. I show, I show bits of my collection all the time. I got like 30 bins of teas and, um, Lightweight I'm, flex. I'm, what's that? Lightweight flex. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's my podcast. I do what the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah, I it. I it. <laughs> so, so, um, I recently, well, Sean recently did a load of, uh, of like of a dry rot wash just to like preempt like pre pre-wash it that could dry rot because I don't want any of my stuff in my bins I open my bin one day and I'm like fuck these things are done so like kind of now we're doing like an active rotation of just washing random shirts in these bins because hoping that they'll be good right because that's the yeah. that's the key like you know if you guys don't know what dry rot is you should by now because I talk about it all the time it's it's the black dye gets acidic so you have to wash out the acid in your black dyed shirts on a regular basis that's why like heavily used shirts don't often dry rot because they've been washed a shitload but if you have like any black shirts that you're storing for like a huge period of time i would recommend taking them out periodically and washing them facts i second that yeah all right uh okay favorite seller at the moment what do you got Anybody? Nate Tate TV.
1: Nate Tate TV. He sells very, very seldom, but his energy is just so good, man. He has cool stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Shout
0: out Nate Tate TV. Mm-hmm. Uh okay, man. Well, that comes to the end of our time together, Barry. Yeah. But we have we have a little while longer. If you want to, is there anything else you want to? share with the fine people who listen to this podcast. Shout out to all the fine, beautiful people that tune into this podcast and let us talk your ear off forever.
1: Hell yeah. Shout out to Bid Stitch, man. You know. Thank you. Shout out to Bid Stitch. Yeah. What's up? What's up with Bid Stitch? What's new? What's new with Bid Stitch? What can you tell us about Bid Stitch? Okay, so
0: what we're doing with Bid Stitch is we're doing um, we got major plans. You want me to go want me to go in? Please do. Please do. Okay. So how much can I share of this information? I mean, anyway, you know, the stuff I can not share. Okay. So this Friday, this, it won't even be out every Friday. We're now doing a bid stitch live, uh, live IG sale event. Just kind of a fun thing for everybody who's on the platform to like, get to meet each other, interact, sell some shit. Um, we are also launching our, our um, like a broader spectrum of the bid stitch news reporting starting next week where we are going to be covering everything and anything under the sun in the vintage world. I'm talking like who got what haul. Uh, I'm talking guides to every city in America, vintage stores. I'm talking guides to events. Um, I'm talking about um, a, a more in-depth version of continuity's vintage news reporting um we're going in we're going in and we've also we've launched a new version of the platform which is now much faster you haven't been on the site in a long time it's way faster than it was it's uh the the communication between like sellers and buyers has gotten a lot better we did we've done a lot of updates since like the first iteration so definitely go check it out and honestly i'm gonna say it there's so many steals on there barry Hello, steals (laughs) Hella steals. So, <laughs> out. run it out, up. run it top. If you haven't checked it out, you should go check it out cuz there's there's steals on there. But we have a lot more plans in the future. We actually have been thinking a lot about the platform and how it operates and how people interact with each other and like what makes what makes a platform fun for people, right? Because in the end of the day, you know, why are we all addicted to fucking Instagram? Why are people addicted to TikTok? Why are people addicted to to IG lives? And all these things that the vintage community is literally addicted to. And you can't say you're not because you know you are. Not you particularly, but everybody else out there. I feel (laughs) it. So we've been kind of looking at ways to make the site more interactive and more fun for the users. And we have some crazy ideas. I can't really get into it right now. But there's going to be some big updates of totally new tech shit coming out in – coming months here so we're we're actively working on it and we hope anybody who's actually got on there enjoys it and everyone's found some steals and um steal 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 steals and (laughs) and if you're selling on there we appreciate that too okay what is the number one most annoying thing about selling on instagram payments yes dms yeah and payments so Bidstitch is a commission-free platform where you can you can now have a centralized hub of all your orders and everything is localized to what you're doing. If you want to be more organized and selling on IG, a really simple way to do that would be to send people the the invoices through Bidstitch which means all the data you need to ship is is there. Because I don't know about you guys or you Barry, but I, I, when I was doing like lives all the time and selling a shitload of stuff on live, I was fucking up orders all the time. My phone was full of screenshots of people's addresses. Shit was a fucking nightmare. The worst, most unorganized way to run a business is to be unorganized like that. Cause that's when problems happens, but also because it, it basically sucks your time. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it, 10 bucks a month to have like a CRM type, program where now you can send people direct invoices. So you're like, okay, I sold this in the live. Here's your invoice pay. Then you, all you have to do is log on and everything you have is centralized. Like it should be because oftentimes too, when people send friends and family money, they don't put their fucking addresses in. Right. Which That's the biggest problem because now you're like, I got to go back to the screenshot or go back to the DM. But you're like, I already got 200 DMS over top of that guy's DM. Like, do you feel me with these, with these headaches? For sure. For sure. Like it's real. It's fucking shit.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 it's the biggest headache of all with the, uh, with selling online is just dealing with the DMS thousand percent.
0: So alleviate the DM nightmare. Pay ten bucks a month to have the subscription. That's all you're gonna pay, and then send out your invoices via the system, and everything is there. You've tracked your whole shit. You can look at your monthly sales, like all these things that you can't really do the way you're doing it now because it's super unorganized. Oh, here's a crazy tidbit too. FYI, you know that like, um, uh, PayPal has a threshold for for uh, submitting people's Revenue to the CR. I'm not CRA. What do you call it? IRS
1: IRS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Okay. CRA in Canada. IRS. What do you think that threshold is right now? Uh, maybe 25 grand. Yeah. You know what they're lowering it to five grand, like 150 bucks. Damn. So essentially now the government has mandate. I mean, PayPal wouldn't fucking do it if the government didn't ask because the government doesn't give a shit. The government wants to know because the government wants more goddamn tax money because they just gave it out like how many trillion dollars in relief <laughs> funds, yeah. right? So the government goes <laughs> to PayPal and they say, "Hey guys, we want you to remit every single person's income period with like a hundred and fifty dollar threshold." I'm and I, don't quote me the number, but I'm I know it's within like three hundred dollars. It's stupid low, right? Basically, mm-hmm. sell two t shirts and you fucking hit your max of yeah. friends and family payments. So, um. That's a big thing for people like they're going to now having people that think this as like a hobby to secondary to their main gig are going to be getting that income submitted to the IRS behind their back through the system. And there's going to be a lot of news about this coming out. So don't just think this is like some, you know, I didn't just make this up. There's going to be news coming out about it. So, um, yeah. Anyway, stay tuned for Bid Stitch updates. Lots of stuff coming through. And, and if you if you guys want to tune in, Bid Stitch, it's going to be on the Bidstitch account. We're doing lives with Bidstitch members. It's going to have some fun um, on there every Friday, 6 to 8 p.m.
1: And I'm a member. I'm, I'm grandfathered in. I believe in Bid Stitch. I believe in Drew, and I believe in the Thrift Lord. Like, these guys, man, they're not going to, you know, they're, they're going to take this thing up. You know what I mean? And if there's any bumps in the road, and of course there's always bumps in the road, you know, these are two of the guys who could really figure this shit out. You know, I have
0: confidence in, you all thank you, Barry. Appreciate that big time. Yeah, you got any shout outs today? You got any people you want to thank or other people you want to
1: man? Thank you for here? having me. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you. Um, You know, I followed you from the very beginning, you know what I mean, of all this shit, um, since you corny ass questions when I first started and you took time <laughs> to answer them. Uh, so, yeah, man, just thank you for having me. And you guys follow me Afro vintage. Uh, you know, I, I, I stay getting hauls and um, every once in a while I'll slip on prices. So, you know, go ahead and bomb me with the DMS, which I hate, but do it anyway. Uh and yes, yeah. his
0: name's gonna be on the screen right here. Follow yeah, this follow, man. Follow you, follow you, yeah. And uh yeah, that was fun, dude. Thanks for coming on the show. Much yeah. appreciated. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, another episode come and gone. It was a fun one. Great chopping it up with Barry. All the links you need are down below. VTG and stuff for 40% off F and com. We have the bid stitch link our new platform where you can sell your vintage for only 10 bucks a month, no commission fees. My Patreon down below, all that good shit. Please, if you like this podcast, if you like what I'm doing here, if you like all the info and knowledge that we share on a daily basis, please take some time, share this video or this audio to your Facebook, share it on your Instagram stories, tag me, I'm reposting, And it helps me grow my audience and grow what I'm trying to accomplish here with this podcast. Thanks again, everybody. Much love. Namaste. Whatever else people say. (laughs) Thank you. Peace out.